0: It's every cricketer's dream really isn't it you have a certain skill in the game and you're better at it than probably 99 of the planet to the point where you go and play for your country you then face off against one of the world's best proponents of a different altogether more difficult skill in the game and even though you're 31 and have already been capped at international level you think you know what screw it i'm gonna go do what he's doing but not only do you take up this new thing but you keep working at what you had before that you can still be good enough to utilise it in international sport. That's exactly what today's guest did four years ago now, and he hasn't looked back since. But before that, let me tell you about what we're doing with this show. My name is Nathan Johns, and welcome to The Part-Timer, a podcast about all things Irish cricket. The show is named partly in honour of my impending comeback as a club 13 part-time scene bowler. But of course, it's to reflect the fact that this is actually not my main gig. My full-time job is as a sports journalist for The Irish Times, and through this, I'm very lucky to get regular access to Ireland internationals. And when I call them up, more often than not, we have fascinating chats about the wonderful game of cricket. And as much as I love my job, a lot of the detail of these interviews gets cut out when writing a few hundred words for a newspaper. So I decided to do something slightly different and combine article writing with releasing these fascinating conversations as podcasts. And I strongly believe that fans deserve to hear them in their entirety because there's often some gold in there. So this might be a part time side hustle for me. But someone who is by no means a part-time bowler is Simi Singh, Ireland's off-spinner who was recently named in the Quick Info ODI Team of the Year for 2021. Simi, of course, was the main character of my amateur drama from a few moments ago. He became an international off-spinner in 2017, but a year later, when Ireland were playing against Afghanistan and needed an answer to Rashid Khan, head coach at the time Graham Ford chatted to Simi about reprising the leg spinners that he bowled in his childhood. Since then, Simi has bowled both off and leg spin more and more, in particular in T20 cricket, where wrist spinners just become more and more highly valued. To the point where, on the eve of Ireland's T20 World Cup qualifying campaign, he turned heads last weekend because he started one spell bowling in the power play off spin, and then at the end, with the field out, he was bowling leggies at the death. To people who don't watch a lot of Irish cricket, Simi essentially does what England's Liam Livingstone does with the ball they bowl both off spin and leg spin when the matchup suit, only for my mind, Simi actually does it better, but we'll get to that. Livingston was just made a millionaire at the recent IPL auction, and while yes, he does bat a lot higher up the order than Simi, and he slugs everything that moves out of the park, his skills with the ball have certainly helped to make him a very, very rich man. That's why, with Simmy being as good a G20 bowler as he's ever been, really, and with the world valuing the skill he has, that of being two separate bowlers, an off-spinner and a leg spinner, Combined into one more highly than it ever has before, I wanted to strip everything back and get into the bare bones of Simi's bowling odyssey. Joining me from his hotel room in Muscat ahead of the World 2020 qualifiers is, of course, Ireland's off spinner, uh, Simi Sagan. That is, if I can call you an off spinner anymore. Simi, how are you doing? You're in your hotel room, like I said, you've just come back from training. We're recording on a Wednesday. First game is on Friday against UAE. How are you feeling?
1: Hi, Nathan. Yeah, I'm doing great. Just back from the training session. We had a good training there. Good prep, you know, facilities were good. So, yeah, just back at the hotel now. Tomorrow is an optional day. And then, obviously, game day on Friday. So, looking forward to now. We had a good prep building up to it. So, yeah, it should be, should be all good to go.
0: Are you a bit of a grafter? Do you do you normally go in on the optional days?
1: Yeah, I I try not to miss any days at all. It's just more to do with just getting out of the hotel, more of a routine. I feel I'm prepared cricket-wise, but just to get out of the hotel, get a run around, you know, get to the ground, just have a feel, and then uh, get mentally prepared as well at the ground for the
0: game. You put up something really interesting on social media yesterday. What looked like a really long conversation with nepal's sandeep lamachane who of course is famous around the world t20 circuit i think his most recent competition was the big bash shoes with hobart and not only did you have a conversation some you put up some pictures of you two bowling to each other daniel opposite ends wow. of the crease and you know fair play to andrew leonard of course the commentator for, for capturing those images that was something really heartwarming i loved it just on one level because it just showed that okay you guys are pros and you play cricket every day but you're even you're way better than the rest of us who play club cricket but you're just as much badgers about the game, and you love the game just as much as everyone else. So that was really heartwarming to see, from my point of view.
1: Yeah, no, it, it was it was actually great to to meet Sandeep. You know, he's a I've met him before, but never really had a conversation. So you know, after the game, I just pulled him aside. and just asked if he can share a few things with me about spin bowling, especially wrist spin, because I'm. Just, Fairly new to it, I'm still learning the tricks and traits So, and it was very kind of him. He was really, uh, you know, open about it. Really nice guy, humble guy. Uh, he's obviously done the circuit, playing in the IPL, Big Bash, all those things. So, and uh, no, he was great. Now he's he he shared all all different things about uh, release point, grips, all those things, which will be hugely beneficial to me and I can obviously pass them on to the youngsters coming in. So it was it was great to do that, you know, after the game, especially, you know, they lost a the close game, but he was he was very, yeah, he was very cool about it um, and it was a great experience.
0: That was going to be my next question was, what specifically did he say to you? But you've, you've kind of answered that there with the more technical points. The really interesting thing about that as well as just the fact that it was a beautiful cricket moment was of course, Sandeep's not an off-spinner. Sandeep is a leg spinner. And, uh, you know, we're getting into this, this kind of your development as, as a leg spinner and an off spinner. And, you know, there are lots of people who have different theories and different ideas as to why you're doing one or the other. Um, you've spoken a lot about it. I know you started doing it internationally in 2018. But I guess just to kind of take a step back from all of that, you're standing at the top of your mark, you know, you're right to run in and bowl. What factors are going through your head at that point when you decide whether to bowl an off spinner? Or a leg spinner?
1: Yeah, that's that's a very good question. I think it, it really depends on what stage of the game we are at, what I'm looking to do. So more about the gut feel as well. So let's say if I'm just, if, if there's a, let's say if I'm bowling in the power play, you know, without giving too much away now, if I'm bowling in the power play, I'm trying to keep the ball, get the ball hit on sort of one side of the ground. So I probably won't bowl that many, Different deliveries because I'm just trying to protect one side of the ground, which I don't know yet, which it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's gone either way. So I'm still playing around with it. So my thinking is uh, during the power play, it's a different frame of mind. But if I'm, let's say, bowling in the middle overs or towards the end, like the last game, I know what the, especially with the shorter boundary, I know what the batter is trying to do. He's going to try and slog sweep me or try and hit me leg side. That's where I'm trying to take the ball away from him. And if, the, if if I get a couple of wickets, and if, if there's a new batter coming in, uh, I don't know if you've seen the game. The first game I bowled a googly as well, which the batter didn't pick, but didn't get the wicket. But like you know, so I've been working on that as well. And obviously, I've, I've been bowling a carom ball as well. So I've got three or different balls, uh, three or four different uh, different balls now. So it, it just gives as as a spinner, it just gives me a lot of confidence standing at the top of my mark. Giving, knowing that I can bo- actually bowl to any better in the world uh, because they're not expecting just one ball. So just to get into their, into their mind a little bit as well.
0: That's fascinating about the, the kind of planning for different stages of the game, I guess, because when I see you bowling leggies and bowling offies, for me, the way I think about it is it's always in terms of purity of matchups, right? And especially in T20 cricket, and you know, for those who maybe don't necessarily know what the matchup is, essentially what you're trying to do, strike rates and their averages go down with the ball spinning away from them so it makes sense to bowl leg spin to a right hander as much as possible and off spin to a left hander i mean everyone knows that you know lefties hate off spin, for example and especially now in t20 cricket but what you said there about standing at the top of your mark in the power play and trying to make him hit one side i know in the last game you bowled in the power play and you got hit for two sixes over mid wicket but you had two men back on the leg side and you're spinning the ball into a right hander can you almost live with that because you go right well i'm asking him to hit there and i've got protection out there so if he executes it fair play to him
1: yeah, yeah, look, uh, yeah, I, so all I can control is where I can pitch the ball, how much I can put on the ball and all those things. And at this level, you are going to get hit. And as you said, I was getting hit to kind of where I wanted to get hit, but I am still I still want to make it as difficult as, as possible. So, uh, you know, I had a good chat with uh, Paul Sterling as well today because he's obviously done the circuit. So I think, yeah, that's that's true. But at the end of the day, you want to make it as difficult as possible and, and in the recent past sometimes people have gone after me in the power play so, because I've been mostly bowling off spin. so I, that's why like I've been working on the caram ball now so I think that'll be a good ball to bowl in the power play be, because it's still front of the hand with more control but it just has that extra it's, it could spin away it could go straight you know though it just has a little bit of puts a little bit of doubt in the batter's mind. So. Yeah, you are going to get hit in the, the way, but just to make it more difficult, just that little delay and just creating that hit rather than they just playing with the spin. Most of the batters these days are good enough, you know, to, to clear boundaries, which are not very big in Oman. So, yeah, just just keep working on it still and trying to make it as difficult for the batter as I said.
0: Of course, as you said there, just to be clear, the carom ball is the one that, that looks like an off spinner, but it it straightens or or moves away and pass away from the right hander. If you bowl a cannonball in the power play and, like I said in the last game, you bowled in the power play and had two men back on the leg side, do you have to change your field or does that give it away that you're going to try and bowl something different?
1: Yeah, that's a good, again a very good question because I've uh, had chats about all these things with my teammates, you know, um, with Balbo as well and Reuben Burney. Uh, yeah, I think if you change your field, it's it's going to give it away a little bit. Uh, but that's that's the beauty of it to just play around with it. So. And sometimes sometimes it's actually good to change the field because of and you can still bowl the same boat because the batter might be thinking, oh, he's doing something different. So as I said, it just depends on the batter as well. It's matchups. Some people play better, uh, lofted over the offside, you know, so might have to bring the long off out for that guy. So it really depends on who you're bowling to, what the wicket is doing, and what the situation of the game is. Uh, and before the game, I have a routine. I go through all the battles of the opposition with our analyst, Scotty. And I, I just it's just a bit of a prep work for me, for me that I know where they're going to try and hit me. And, you know, as I said, just bowl in the right areas.
0: Let's get into that a little bit more. You spoke about, you know, a batter might like to go over the offside. Arden's two openers, Balbo and Sterling, they're two guys who love playing through the covers, especially Sterling. He loves making room and, and hitting, hitting spinners over long off, especially. So, if you were playing against them, would you be more inclined not to bowl leg spinners or carron balls because that then feeds into their strength? Maybe.
1: I actually we had a like a little practice game before coming over to Oman. We were playing in uh, Dubai sevens, so we had a, actually middle we could practice. We had so I was actually bowling to Balbo uh, Balbirni, and I obviously we played together in the interpros as well, so I don't bowl against him that much. So it was actually I had I started with the long off back uh, and mid on in to him, and, and he actually. Didn't try and go over mid on, uh, because he didn't obviously he didn't feel comfortable and I was bowling mostly carom ball but then he starts sweeping so, you know I've I've changed something there so, and sterlo is probably the same as well he's got obviously more stronger options so, yeah I think I'll have to mix it up you can't just bowl the same ball again and again even if you've gone well it's easy to do if you if you have let's say three you bowl three off spinners and they haven't gone for many it's easy to go and bowl it again but then. You might get hit for a six and just being proactive, I guess, uh, and going with your gut feeling, which I've learned over now playing for the last four or five years, that it's very important to listen to your gut as well. So again, sometimes what people, even in your team, want you to do. So just because it's your responsibility when you have the ball in the hand to do the best for the team. So,
0: You've now mentioned both your gut and you've mentioned an analysis with Scotty Irvine um, and knowing matchups and, who faces up against Leggy well, who faces up against Offies, all that. So what's your split, do you think? Which one, or does maybe does the analysis inform your gut feeling on the pitch or does it work like that or they, do you try and keep them separate and which one do you listen to more, I guess?
1: Yeah, so analysis is more part of the prep work. So at least I know uh, before the game that what I'm going to come up with and what are the most likely to play. But it, it just all depends on, again... Every game is different, so some batters might try and play different shots because you've protected the areas where they where they like to hit. So they might try and change their game as well. So that's when you, your gut feeling comes in, and that's when you try and anticipate if they're going to try and ramp us, or walk across, or sweep, or are they trying to make room and hit you somewhere else? So again, playing around with it, having different variations helps because you're not letting them settle. With just one ball, so yeah, that's that, and that's why I actually started uh, bowling all these different balls, which you know uh, wasn't encouraged by many people at the start, uh, and I had to live with it. But but deep inside of you, like I have to do this to you know to survive at this level and to put batters into trouble. Otherwise, if I'm just bowling regular off spin, uh, it's just it's just not gonna gonna work out, and I, I'll always be trying to kind of hide away from the batter and trying to hide the ball rather than being aggressive in my approach and trying to
0: get them out. That's really interesting because that is something I wanted to get into was the motivation behind changing from being just an off spinner. Because you spoken about this before, but just in case people don't know, you started out, you were a leg spinner when you were much younger, weren't you? So this isn't something that's completely new or completely alien to you. And I first saw you speaking about this in 2018 uh, when you were playing against Afghanistan, you gave an interview where you said, Graham Ford wanted a leg spinner because Afghanistan had Rashid, and obviously having a leg spinner in T20 cricket is a really good asset for reasons that we spoke about, because it's, it's very strong against right-handed. You can be an aggressive option against right-handers. But of course, you didn't just start going back and bowling leg spin. As everyone knows, you bowl leg spin and off-spin. And of course, off-spin has its values, um, both be it defensively or maybe more tactically against, against left-handers or, or what have you. So I think this is something that kind of goes missing when people talk about your bowling now, is that the reason why this is so valuable is for all those matchups but essentially you are now or you could be if you wanted to be two bowlers in one um which is why this is so valuable and i guess you said you deep down you kind of knew this was right is, is that why you were thinking because your value as a player to this team goes up so much more because you can fill two slots with one person
1: yeah 100 percent. look if you yeah if you can if you, you can add more things and you can add more to your skill it's just naturally it gives you confidence now leg spin was scary thing to to start with uh, when i started bowling even in the nets I'll, I'll i used to bowl so many no balls like you know overstepping and or full tosses or half trackers so and it's been now 3 4 years since i started like leg spin again and obviously as you mentioned i i used to bowl it when i was younger and then just uh, gave it up uh, because it was so hard to do uh, and off spin was was just an easier option not saying off spin is easy, but just it, it, at the time it was just a lot easier than leg spinners. So yeah, that's 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 where it started. And uh, I remember playing against India, and bowling to KL Rahul in Malahide, and he just I think he hit me for two or three sixes. Just what basically it was so it looked so easy for him, uh, and that's when I realized like, might uh, yes, my getaway bowling off spin to sort of uh, lesser players, you know, um, you know I don't. And then, but once you go to that elite level, bowling against those top guys, you need something else uh, in your armory. Otherwise you're just going to get smashed nine times out of ten, you know. So, yeah, took it on board, had his ups and downs. You know, sometimes I'll bolt, I used to bowl to the batters, our batters as well in the nest, and they'll just chuck the ball away or you know, not being happy that, because it could be a half-track or it could be a full-toss, which wasn't great for their prep, but that's when I I think our bowling coach uh, at the time Rob Castle was really good. You know, encouraged me. I used to go in a side net. I used to bowl for hours with him. He used to meet, uh Graham Ford as well it was very good. I just kept bowling. I knew like once I get start getting it right, it's gonna have its value. So I'm um, I'm in a good place now uh, with my confidence with my leg spinners and the cram balls as well without jinxing myself.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. It's like it's like every club club cricketer, isn't it? You try and bowl some leggies that you've never done before, and your mates just chucking back at you in in, in frustration. God, that's that's amazing uh, that that was happening there as well. But also, I guess a testament to you for trying it, and a testament to the the coaching staff and Graham Ford in particular, and like you mentioned, for backing you. Can you just quickly just talk about why it's harder to control a leg spinner? Is it something to do with leg spins, bowled with the wrist and off spin bowled with the fingers?
1: Yeah. So when you, off spin is more like when you throw the ball. You know, if you even if you're just throwing just from, from the front of your hand, it's much easier. So off spin is kind of you just give it a little flick, and it's easier to to kind of bowl. Uh leg spin is obviously comes to the side of the hand, or the googly comes to the back of the hand. So it's such such an unnatural thing. Off spin is like turning a tap on, or you know, open, uh, turning the do- doorknob on. We do it every day in a re- uh, regular life, but leg spin. Is you never go that way, like you don't turn your wrist the other way, it's just so unnatural. So, that's the main reason. Like, uh, we are not used to doing it, and whenever you try and do it, it's, it's, it has it will go wrong, even the best spinners in the world get it wrong, uh, at some stage. So, but yeah, it, it comes with a lot of risks, but then it has its own rewards as well. So, yeah, you just gotta be brave enough to go out there and without thinking too much. About other people or even even the game situation sometimes you just have to trust yourself that you have done this before and you'll do it repetition is a big part of it i still bowl a lot i try and bowl three three hours a day when i'm not in the competition you know just to get it right but yeah it's definitely worth it
0: and then the other aspect i guess we spoke about it making more valuable in terms of matchups, but it, in theory, it also makes you more valuable in terms of when you can bowl because if you look at world cricket, a lot of leg spinners bowl at the death and not as many off spinners. Like, you know, off the top of my head, someone like Adil Rashid for England bowls a lot of overs at the death in 2020 cricket. Do you do you bowl more now at the death now that you have these leggies?
1: Yes, I have. And recently, obviously, in the last game, I bowled the 19th over
0: with the sort of
1: the smaller boundary and obviously the wind. I was bowling into the wind as well. So which was really challenging in a way, uh, but when Bali threw me the ball, I was actually posing inside because I, this is what I want to do, you know, and luckily I came out on top, and I think some of the people were expecting me to bowl Yorkers and other stuff as well, uh, but I just felt that best chance of containing them is by getting them out, and I felt leg like spin is the way to go bowl wide and try and just turn it away the funny thing about t twenty is not many batters are gonna leave the ball if they think it might be a void because they, they don't want to risk that uh, and they'll always try and get bad on ball. so which which played in my favor, you know, so got a couple of top edges and a couple of wickets as well with that. so yeah, that was that that was my thinking behind it. and uh, yeah i'm I'm happy to bowl at the death and I've said it to the captain as well whenever the team needs uh, wherever the team needs, you know, even opening the bowling or whatever situation of the game is I feel I'm prepared for all all those different situations
0: yeah and that game alongside the, the three game series over the weekend in general kind of showed just how flexible you are now both with your types of bowling where you bowl because I mean you got career best figures of three for nine in the first game against Oman and they came those four overs were exclusively in the middle overs um, and then in the last game against Nepal, like I said, you open the bowling with only two fielders out, so your economy is always going to be higher. And then you bowl at the death as well, so your economy is always going to be higher. But you did pick, pick up two wickets, and you did in that game, like we said, you bowled off spin at the start to hit, make them hit one side of the ground, and then you bowled leg spin to the left hand to the right-handers at the death. And you know you picked up two wickets. Um, and I think you you picked up a couple of wickets with leggies in the first game as well. Although it it so it, the results are there, and it's fascinating. And so we're talking about matchups and so you're much more valuable as a player to this team because you've fulfilled multiple roles the other reason why i wanted to talk to you about this and bowling leg spin is because of what it means to you personally and your your own personal value maybe ne- outside of ireland um and there's a name that i've i've mentioned to you before and i'm going to talk about him again so liam livingston went to the last IPL. he made he made 75 pounds playing for rajasthan royals and he had a pretty average season with the bat and obviously, you know, he the season before he hit hundred for England, and he was MVP of the hundred. This this year in the IPL auction last weekend, he went for one point one two five million pounds, up from seventy five thousand. And like I said, his batting before then in the last IPL was pretty bad; it was terrible. What has changed for him since then is that he went to a World Cup, and bowled exclusively off to left-handers and leg spin to right-handers. So that skill has made him that much more money. There's a lot of value in this skill and you arguably do it better than him because A, you've done it for longer, and B, he's got two balls, Leggy and an offy. You've got four. Leggy, offy, Karam, Googly, um, which I thought was really interesting. I didn't spot the, the carom in the last game, but I spotted the Googly. Do you think now that you've got this skill and it's been valued more and more across the world, is this going to open more opportunities for you, open more doors for you in, in franchise cricket? Maybe not necessarily the IPL, but some of the other leagues the Irish players have been playing in?
1: Yeah, I would, I would like to think so, Nathan. Uh, that's, that's another ambition of mine, trying to You know, play some franchise cricket, go across the world, play in some of those leagues, because you, as a cricketer, you just want to experience that, especially nowadays. And you have a short span career, so you want to make as much money as you can as well. So financially, you know, that that's opened up a lot of opportunities for for a lot of cricketers. Like it's more like similar to football now. You know, it's so many different leagues, so many different clubs. So yeah i think modern day cricketer is really ambitious for that and i'm no different yeah and i think if i keep doing it consistently get better and better and better eventually that opportunity will come but i'm not i'm not just thinking about that i'm at the moment i'm obviously concentrating on the irish stuff because this is outside of the all the money and stuff this is where the real pride is uh, playing for your country doing well and we have some big games coming up um, in the summer as well, so automatically, if you do well against those big players, big teams, you will be recognized I think at, at some stage more teams will want you in the in their team. so yeah i'm I'm looking forward to that, but uh, i'm not, I'm not in any kind of pressure uh, mentally. I'm just in a good place, uh, and if opportunity does come i'll be I'll be ready for that.
0: No, of course, Ireland is the pinnacle, and I think everyone would always say that, and equally, I'm not saying. I'm not saying you are the next Livingston, you are semi Singh and, and you need to be semi Singh and, and and express yourself that way it's just it's a he's a very interesting reference point I think for someone like you like I said obviously you you bat in different positions but I would argue that your bowling is it makes you makes you more valuable on that side of the ball I'd like to have a look at some numbers maybe since you started bowling leg spin so in 2019 your economy was 7.83 in 2020 internationals 2020 it was 8.94 but you only played a handful of games through the pandemic Then in 2021, there was a dramatic drop down to 6.84. And now in 2022, it's 5.66. So that's obviously how many runs you're going per over. Now, 2022 is a small sample size. But, you know, you made a change three years ago and in three consecutive years, your numbers are coming down in a good way. You're on the right track.
1: You hit the nail on the head. Um, And it's been quite a few times that the batters actually haven't picked even the leg spinner because they are so, especially if they haven't, been at, been going at a good rate, so they just want to come down the wicket and try and smash it out of the park without even watching the hand. I think Adrian Martin was one of those examples. Uh, I was surprised. I, I wasn't surprised, but I like looking back at it. He didn't even notice that it was a you know, because he was just he wanted to get down the wicket and smash it for a six. So, and that wouldn't have happened if I didn't bowl that. If I just bowled off spin. People would, as I said before, uh, hit it nine times out, out of ten out of the park, especially at that level. The numbers don't lie, as they say, and I didn't know that stat, so uh, I'm glad you brought it up. So, yeah, that gives me a lot of confidence, again, uh, knowing those numbers and uh, seeing the progress uh, with the X spin and hopefully get the you know googly going as well. So that's that's another really attacking option. Uh, that's the wicket-taking ball because... With the leg spinner, sometimes players play and miss, but if, especially right handers. So if, if a right hander misses Googly, it's a it's wicket uh, most of the time. So because the ball coming back in, LBW bowls, all those things. So yeah, that's my next sort of target
0: now. That just seems like terrible analysis from from Markham and South Africa if they don't know that you're bowling leg spin. I mean, especially because you've been bowling it for a long time before that series. But anyway, I, I, I'm not necessarily, I don't want, I'm not going to ask you to take a shot on another team like that, but just that's, that seems remarkable to me that a that a full member nation can, can and a player playing for them can know, can not know one of your strengths. But anyway, but yeah, speaking speaking about numbers, I mean, I, I use the economy one there because that's the one that, that reflects you in the best light. I think as a leg spinner, if you're bowling more in the, in the death, that economy is probably going to go up, isn't it? But you're bowling at the death, so it's it's that context. So for you, maybe it's the it's the strike rate and it's the wickets now that, that those are the numbers um, to keep an eye on. And with that in mind, I just kind of this is I promise this is the last boring stats question. But um, I don't know if you knew this, but Oman is your favorite place to play, stats-wise, in 2020 international cricket. You the lowest economy. It's the second. You played the second most international games there, eight behind Ireland. Twelve. You played 12 T20 internationals in Ireland. It is your lowest average of your career, so you take a wicket every 16.44 runs, lowest economy of your career, just under 6.5 in Oman, and it's the lowest strike rate, so you take a wicket every 15 balls in T20 cricket in Oman. Why do you love playing in Oman so much?
1: Uh, uh I don't know, I just, obviously, you get a bit of assistance with the wicket, so that's a big factor, but I just love playing in this part of the world, Dubai, Abu Dhabi, uh, Oman, just the facilities are so good, and the cricket is on the rise uh, in this part of the world. And I think another factor is the weather. The, you're not, first of all, your fingers are not freezing like back home, so you can actually put more on the ball. So that, that helps a lot, but this, like this time of the year, you're not sweating that much. So it's, when, when there's a lot of sweat, it's actually hard to grip the ball, and then the leggies, or especially leggies, don't come out that well. Uh, but this is dry weather now but it's not that warm either. So yeah, you can put more on the ball and it just grips a little bit more. And yeah, I just like playing here, I guess.
0: So what is it, what is it about the UAE that they, because like for people who don't know, they beat Ireland in a three game 2020 series before the World Cup. And now they've just beaten Ireland in a one-off game here. They seem to be a bit of a bogey team. What is it about them?
1: Yeah, I think when people talk about UAE, they don't realize now they have, they have first of all, their fielding has improved a lot they have a new coach in Robin Singh which is obviously one of the legends of the game has been around with Mumbai Indians all big teams so he's obviously made made a huge difference there just there so you could back in the day you could just hit it out to the boundary and take a two to them and but you know and that that those kind of things but now they're on the ball their arms are a lot better and it's it's not straightforward so they're good opposition they have a good mix of uh spinners they have a left down spinner, they have a leg spinner, they have a off spinner uh in their attack and they have a couple of good seamers as well who can nail their Yorkers, slower balls, all that kind of stuff. And they have good batting at top, uh top of their innings as well. So they've they've got kind of a perfect team if you like. Uh they've got a good mix of everything. Uh they know these conditions well. I think they play a lot of domestic T twenty cricket as well. So all these factors have to be taken in what makes them uh, what what has improved them in the in the past? But having that said, I still feel we we are a lot better team. Uh, we have a lot more match winners in our team, and yeah, I I think we just gotta have that extra belief and the, just that intimidation factor. Someone like Paul Sterling, if he comes off, you know, he could he could take the game away so quickly. So we need our big players to come off uh, in that big game, and that's a massive game for us. If we got beat them in the first game, that's you know that definitely makes things a lot easier for us. So and the bowlers just have to be again on the money, nail their skills fielding wise. We can't we can't afford to miss any catches or goes without saying uh, can't be flat. But yeah, it's a good, good challenge. We're not definitely thinking too much about them. We are just thinking about our skills and how we're gonna execute them on the day and whoever is playing. Uh, how they're gonna give their best, I, and I think we'll be okay.
0: You say you're not thinking too much about them, but presumably you're working with Scott and that you've played them a lot. Like I said, do you know at this stage? Right, this is the guy in bowling leg spin too. This is the guy in bowling off spin too. Do you do you have a fair idea of that in your head?
1: Yeah, as, as I said, uh, it all depends on the situation. Like sometimes you're in a situation where you have a 70 meter boundary one side, you know, or 70 yards. Sorry, you never get a 70 meter. So it's a, it's fairly big boundary. So then off spin. If you're bowling to righty and if you're bowling from the long uh, sort of longer end, you can bowl more off spinners because you want them to hit to the longer side. And if it's if it's not their strength, that's that you're definitely winning there. No, so I don't premeditate what I'm gonna do before the game. But if I think yeah, leg spin could be the better option, I just go out and maybe bowl six leggies in an over. So yeah, it, it depends really on, on the day against the batter. So I have a fair idea, but. I don't pre-plan everything.
0: I want to ask you one question about your batting before I let you go. Ian Callender, I think, is your biggest fan. Every single press conference, he's asking why you're not batting higher up the order. <laughs> um, you know, everyone talks a lot about Ireland's middle order, lower order, boundary hitting. I don't think it's as simple as that, but that tends to be the narrative around this team. Would you like? A, would you like more of an opportunity with the bat?
1: Yeah, hundred um, percent. That's that was my sort of. I had obviously had a chat with Nigel Jones, our interpro lightning coach. So mm-hmm. that's that's our plan. That was our plan going forward like last year? Open the batting for lightning, and I think that's where I would like to get at some stage whenever the opportunity is there to to you know be in the top four in the T Twenty team because I think with my game batting style, I can I can use that power play uh, a lot better than I would be beneficial at the end uh, because I've always faced the new ball batted three or four for YM, you know, um, and in pros as well, I've batted high up the order. So, yeah, uh, that would be an ideal role for me, I think, going in there and just trying to express myself. I like kind of what UAE are doing with Rohan Mustafa at the moment. So he's up the order. He's obviously one of their main spinners. Uh, and I think as te- team-wise as well, it just gives an opportunity to play an extra bowler or an extra batter if I'm I can do both roles. So, and I've had chat with our team management and they're quite open to it but I think when the time is there uh, hopefully that opportunity will come. I'm just working towards it uh, as much as I can.
0: Two last questions. One is there is in theory, though not officially announced yet a test match coming up in April or May against Zimbabwe. If you're picked, what are you bowling? <laughs> uh
1: I'll say yeah, majority will be spin because Test match, obviously, you need to control and you have to be patient and all that stuff. But, yeah, then again, if I'm bowling to, let's say, bowling to the tail, to try and, I'll try and bowl a lot more wrist spin because you can have the field slightly back and then try and deceive them with googlies and you know leg spinners, which the tail enders are kind of... Most of the tail enders don't pick the googlies and stuff. So that could be an option there. I'm certainly not ruling it out. So yeah I have a fair idea how I'm gonna go about it.
0: then finally you went to the World Cup in October It was obviously disappointing I don't necessarily want to talk about the negative about that but with that kind of experience acting as a carrot for you now into this qualifiers what would it like just what would it mean to know that you''re, you're on you're on the plane to Australia um next next I think it's next October but regardless of when it is how important is it for you personally and for the team and an Irish cricket as well to, to be on that plane?
1: Playing, playing in a World Cup was a special experience. Like, there's no other tournament like it. Just even from the start, first of all, like when you're traveling, you're traveling business class, which is, you know, for us as Irish cricketers, it's it's a, it's a huge like huge thing because uh, some of the bigger nations are used to it, and it just feels like it just builds up the event, you know. Um, so getting into your business class flights and all that thing when you go to the hotel, you are well looked after. Just everything is. Slightly up a notch, so, and then obviously going into tournaments, the facilities, uh, the amount of media there is, and the hype about the games. And the games are obviously uh, televised all over the world. So it's a hu- huge tournament to play in. Uh, personally, uh, it was a great experience to be in my first World Cup. Disappointing, obviously, to to lose the last game, but these things happen, in, uh, especially in the qualifying stages of the game. Uh, yeah, it means it means a lot to everyone in the team. For Irish cricket is, I think everyone is expecting us to go through this, which adds another you know, pressure. And but everyone is up to it. You're always under pressure playing international cricket. Yeah, we we're not even thinking that we we're not going to Australia. You know that kind of way. So we're just thinking in one manner that we just have to scrap it out, do whatever to to win to get into that final and uh, go to Australia to play that World Cup. And whenever that may be.
0: I came into this conversation thinking, look at Simi and then look at someone like Liam Livingston. Why doesn't Simi just do what he does and put almost exclusively off-spin to left handers and leg-spin to right handers All the numbers say you're going to have more success and all likelihood of spinning the ball away. But it shows how much I know that Simi thinks a lot about left and right hand matchups, but he also thinks about where he's bowling in the game. He bowls at the power play and at death a lot more than someone like Liam Livingston, who is largely a middle-overs bowler. So I learned a lot today. Not least that Ireland teammates first threw balls back at Simi when he started throwing down half trackers and full tosses when his accuracy was a little bit lacking when he first started this. I'm sure we can all relate to that. I've definitely tried to do something in the nets and batters have not been too pleased with my experimentation and throwing balls back in my head. There's also a slightly more sinister point in there when Sydney was talking about the quality of domestic T10 and T20 stuff that the UAE boys get. There's definitely a point to be made there reading between the lines and thinking, God, these players are just really crying out for high quality domestic fixtures in Ireland. But that's a different conversation for a different day. I also learned that Ireland don't fly first class to any tournaments or competitions unless it's a World Cup essentially paid for by the icc so here's hoping that next october and his teammates will be living it up in the posh seats flying to australia for the t20 world cup Ireland's qualifying campaign starts tomorrow friday at 10 a.m against the uae and is being streamed live on icc tv if you want to read more about his bowling i'll link some interviews in the show notes as well as his twitter if you want to see the wholesome content of his chat with sandeep lamachane my twitter is at nathan r johns it's also in the show notes please follow if you want to see more of my work at the Irish Times or keep up to date with this new podcast series. Feel free to get in touch with me. Tell me who you want to hear from and what questions you want asked. Finally, just thank you for listening. If you enjoyed, please spread the word and tell the cricket lovers in your life. If you think what I'm doing adds value here, then let's grow the part-timer in the small but close-knit Irish community. And who knows, maybe even beyond.